Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Hello and welcome to church. My name's Chelsea, if you don't know me. Hello, welcome. Hello, our kids who are in for January because school holidays. Hi, guys. They called you animals. I disagree. I think you're wonderful. I mean, mine aren't here today. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, welcome. And because our beautiful kids are joining us for January, we are actually using Disney movies to give our messages and modern stories so that we can communicate our beautiful God's message, but also keep our kids happily entertained. Is that brilliant? Yes. Who likes Disney movies? Good. Who doesn't? Oh, please still come to church in January. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, Disney movies, especially when you become a parent, just seem to have this way of just invading every part of your life, you know. So a couple of years ago, we went down south with another four families and we stayed in this big house. And when the kids went to bed one night, all the adults, you know, we're sitting around and we've got Spotify playing like the, the um, tunes of our prime, you know, and we're like chilling now and we're singing all these songs when we're like teenagers and young adults, like reminiscing on the glory days. And um, then someone put a Disney song on and that's when the party got started because every parent knows every word. So everyone's like, let it go, let it go. You know, and I can see what's happening here. You know, we know the tones, we know the words, we know everything. The party totally cranked up. I mean, even this morning, okay, so I just came back from Aruna. That's where my kids are right now. I drove up this morning and I drove through Pinjara. So it's a Sunday morning and everything's closed. It's really quiet. And I was like, oh, gorgeous. This is beautiful. The next thought in my head was this. Little town, it's a quiet village. I'm not kidding. And I was like, well, add that in. This is what I mean. Disney movies invade your brain as a parent. But what about non-parents? Do we have any Disney addicts who aren't parents in the room? Oh, here they are. Do you go to the movies without children to watch Disney movies? Or do you steal other people's kids to pretend you're taking them? Do you do that? Who does that? Who goes, I want to see it, but I don't want to be the weirdo that goes on my own. So I'm going to take my cousin's kids or my friend's kids. Anyone do that? No? Well, I've got three that I can rent out if you would like to take them to the next Disney movie. You're on, Trevor. Write that down. Everyone have heard that. It was in church. You can't lie. All right. Disney movies, they have a great way of communicating some really good things that we can take out of it. And today what I want to talk to you about is perfection. And we're going to look at the movie of Shrek and more specifically Princess Fiona and this idea of perfection, okay? And it's not just Shrek. We do have some Bible reference in there as well, guys, all right? And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Now, I'm just going to pick out a few verses, but I encourage you in the week, go and have a look at Hebrews chapter 10, the whole chapter, and really let the truth sink in because it's been amazing for me, and I'm sure it will be amazing for you being the Word of God, of course. So perfection, if you're taking notes, perfection is the title today. 
And what we want to look at is like this idea of perfection in the world, all right? Because we actually have a lot of things telling us what that looks like. And if I asked you in the room right now, you could probably list off pretty quickly what perfection in the world looks like. But Princess Fiona in her little world, she's also dealing with this issue as well. So let's look to the screen and see what demands are on the idea of perfection for Fiona. She's perfect. So that's Lord Farquaad, okay? And he is creating this perfect world called Julok where all the fantasy nursery rhyme creatures are being kicked out because they're too weird and unusual and crazy. They don't fit his idea of perfection. And then he's looking for a princess so that he can become king and he can create this perfect world. So that's the perfection in Julok. That's what we're looking for. People who are beautiful, people who are tall, people who are strong, people who are not weird and crazy. You know, we need to make sure that they're perfect. Funny enough, Lord Farquaad, if you've seen it, is extremely short, but has forgotten that that doesn't really fit into his idea of perfection. But this is all around us, isn't it? This idea of perfection all the time. And there's there's a lot of rules, not necessarily like the laws we live by, but like the social rules and, and our personal rules that we put on ourselves of what perfection is and what we should be and what it looks like to be right and successful and good and etc. And we put these rules rules on all the time. So let's have a little look at some of the rules in Julok that Lord Farquaad has put on for his people. Ah! Rules. Lots of rules in Julok. They said face, I promise. And so we have the same rules that are on all the time in our lives as well. And in my opinion, in the last 10 years, these social rules that we say you can and can't do and you can think and you can't think have become ever so more apparent and strong as we've had this rise in social media and the internet and being able to hear across the world who's doing what and where so quickly. I mean, a new idea or a new opinion can get a lot of traction in hours, can't it, where everybody, someone posts something on Facebook and boom, right, the messages go, the likes go, the dislikes go, then the news is on to it and this is on to it and, you know, it might have been having something like across the world but now we know about it and now all of a sudden we have to make a decision on it and know how to act about it and so forth and then our friends are talking about it. Like, you know, everywhere we go there's a lot of pressure on how we should think and what we should do and these platforms of people expressing this is really, really apparent now and we have to keep making these decisions on who we are, what are the rules, what are the things, what's this, etc. right? We could just have an information booth, but it would take a really long time now, okay? So we're struggling with this. I don't know about you, but I struggle with this. I find it really hard when I, all I want to do is just scroll through and see one of my friend's kids' photos and all of a sudden there's this really dramatic, even sometimes quite brutal response. I mean, the people that use caps lock on Facebook... You know, if you better not be guilty of this, people. Okay, but those those high demanding, you know, remember caps lock means yelling. Would you yell this in someone's face if you're in front of them? Well, I would hope not. But some people, they write something really aggressive. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Boom, mic drop. You know, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to handle this. But unfortunately, sometimes we forget that that stuff actually comes into our world. You know, when you're typing it down one end, Bang, done. Sometimes we forget that actually the person on the other end, that's their life. They're reading it. It's going into their heart. It's going into their brain. They have to process that now. And we're actually making opinions and impacts and rules that we have to always handle and work out where we fit all the time in our life at the moment. So this idea of perfection and what we should be is really strong in today's society. So what does God say about this? 
Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says this, For by that one offering, and he's talking about Jesus Christ dying for us, He forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And if I look at this verse, it's a real contradiction, isn't it? Forever made perfect, so already perfect, those who are being made holy. Now, how are we perfect but we're being made holy? This, is, this doesn't make sense in our world, does it? Okay, but let's break this down. Forever made holy. So that one offering, Jesus Christ dies for us. He sees us as, you know, the most beautiful, most important thing for us. That He'll give up His sovereignty, come down to earth, give up His life, conquer death so that we can be reconnected with Him. And because of that, He sees us under His blood. We are seen perfect. We can walk into um, the presence of God confident that we can be alive and well and accepted in His presence. That's the made perfect. That's the... I'm so valuable. I'm so perfect how I am. The way I've been created, this is me. <laughs> Almost, no, not Disney. Can't add that in today. All right? So this is what it is. This idea of being perfect. You are already perfect. Can you let that sink in? Can I let that sink in? Because I tell you sometimes in the morning I don't feel very perfect. But that's actually how we're seen. Can we allow that truth to go, hang on a minute. God sees me as perfect. I've already been made perfect. I'm so valuable. The internal part, the way I've been created, who I am in God, I'm perfect. So how does that then link to how we live? Because I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm not too perfect quite often. So hang on a minute. How am I perfect, but then I don't act perfect? Well, this is the second part, isn't it? Forever made perfect those who are being made holy. See, as ourselves, our entity, our who we are, our spirituality, our being is perfect. But we have a lot of behaviours and mindsets and the way we think and do and habits that are need to be made holy. All right? So there's this difference between who we are and how we act. And what Jesus is talking about here is that Don't ever consider that your identity or who you are is being challenged. But behavior and mindset, yeah, we've got something we can work on there. And God can take us through that journey because what He's actually doing is when we grow and we, we align ourselves with God and we spend time with God and we learn more about how God thinks about us, we accept our perfection, but we also get our behaviors and mindsets in line with that perfection. Because The more that we understand our God, the more we allow Him into our life, the more that the way we think and we do our every day becomes in line with Him. And that's the forever being made holy. So we're perfect. So don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, yeah, oh, I haven't made it yet. Yeah, well, none of us have. But acknowledge that. But I, it's okay. My heart's safe. I'm so important in despite that my behaviors and mindsets are not in line. But I'm not going to go, oh, well, then do whatever I want. That's not it either. It's actually going, but I'm going to allow him in to keep pulling me towards where he is because although it might not feel like it right now because sometimes our lessons are a bit hard, getting our mindsets and our heart and our behaviours in line with God is the best thing we could do and it will make sure that our life, although things come our way, is actually perfect. And that's that unexpected journey, isn't it? I mean, the world doesn't seem to go the way we expect, does it? Does anyone find that the world, you just wake up and boom, everything I wanted just opened up. Anyone, anyone? You're lucky because I think you'd be sent out of the room, okay? 
Um, unexpected journey. This world, it doesn't take us how we expect. Does anyone find themselves saying this is not how it's supposed to be? You know what? So does Princess Fiona. So let's have a look. One of a kind. Okay, so here's Fiona. She's up in her tower and she's waiting for this story to all pan out, isn't she? The valiant, gorgeous-looking knight that comes and saves her, takes her down the window onto his horse and they ride off and they live happily ever after. That's what she got, right? Yeah, very pretty difference. So she spends, you know, she doesn't really recognise this saviour, this this knight of hers, does she? She's kind of like, she's got puckered lips, she's already... And then off they go on this adventure of being dragged around the castle trying to dodge this dragon, which is supposed to be slain on her way out. And what is she saying? It's not supposed to be like this. You're not supposed to do this. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this. Can anyone relate to Princess Fiona? I can. This world is unexpected, isn't it? Why don't you add your not supposed to be like this in there? What is it? I was supposed to get that job promotion. You know, I was supposed to marry that person. You know, um... What else? Add it in. My kids are supposed to be easy. Well, all these different things. You go, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm supposed to be this. Or I'm supposed to be taller. I'm supposed to be braver. I'm supposed to be more good looking. I'm supposed to be smarter. Like what else could we add in that we tell ourselves it's supposed to be like this and it's not? But then also on the other side, you've got the knight and she says, what kind of knight are you? And he says, I'm one of a kind. And that's just like our knight, right? Our saviour. He's one of a kind. I don't know about you, but God very rarely does what I want him to do. And it's very frustrating. I'm like, excuse me, it's not supposed to be like this. You know, God is one of a kind. He has his own way of doing things. And they're so far beyond our way of thinking, so far beyond our idea of perfection and what should happen in the world and what a good Christian life looks like and and how we're supposed to be blessed. You know, hashtag blessed. This doesn't look like it. That happens, right? Our God's one of a kind. He takes us on these journeys that are so unexpected. And when the world is unexpected, he turns and shifts and adapts that into building us to be stronger. But that can be really challenging. You may have heard this little story. It's been used quite a bit in church, but I just think it reminds me so much. But there's this man and he's shipwrecked on an island and he's praying to God and saying, dear God, please save me. I know you're going to save me. I just thank you so much, God. I'll keep my faith in you. And then this boat comes up and they're like, hey, come on board. Like, we'll help. He goes, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm trusting God. He's going to save me. No problem. All right, off he goes. And then there's a plane that goes past and they sort of circle and we're like, hey, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just waiting for God to save me. And then he dies and he's in heaven and he says, God, like, I was praying to you, like, why didn't you say when he says, well, I sent you a boat and I sent you a plane. You just didn't take the opportunity I gave you to be saved. You think, oh, gosh, do you ever feel like you do that sometimes? Sometimes we get so set on what it should look like, right, or the way that we that blessing looks like or the perfect, you know, scenario looks like or the opportunity looks like. And sometimes we can look so like this that we actually don't open ourselves up to what God's actually doing. And we don't, we miss our opportunity, or at least we don't recognize it. Lucky Fiona, her night dragged her along in despite of it. She had to catch up. Hopefully, we get that as well. But it's about actually understanding that if we box our God in and we box how it should be in, then sometimes we can miss that opportunity that's right in front of us. And if we understand our God, we'll know that that is a better opportunity than ours, even though it doesn't look like it.
But if we get ourselves stuck in how it should be, this is the trajectory we take ourselves on and we can identify with Fiona in the next scene. Oh, so she's not in a good spot, is she? So we look at where she's got herself, you know. She's saying, this is what I have to do. You know why? Because this is the trajectory I'm on. This is the perfection. This is how it's supposed to be. So I have to marry Lord Farquaad, which obviously she's not that excited about. And then what's going to happen is he's going to be my true love. And then this is going to happen. And then everything's going to go in a row. And she's got herself just so down. I mean, think of her perspective of herself. She's like, I'm ugly. I'm awful. I'm horrible. I need to do this so I'm fixed. So I'm perfect. So there's nothing wrong with me anymore and obviously donkey's helping with reiterating that but um you know you can see how broken she is isn't she she's got herself she's been trying so hard to wait for this opportunity and then it comes and she doesn't really recognize I mean she gets dragged into this chaos but she doesn't really think that this is the opportunity she's trying to get herself back online with what she sees that perfection being which is getting back to what I was doing getting back to Lord Farquaad and marrying and being happily wrapped and being beautiful and being the princess and everything being how it's supposed to be but it's not working out that way and she's broken can anyone relate to that? This is not how it's supposed to be. This is not how I'm supposed to be. How did I get here? And this is what's supposed to happen. And I need to do this to make that happen. And then it will be fine. Can you relate to that sort of thinking? I can. I can. And you get yourself really caught up. And it's really, really challenging. Craig Groeschel says this, the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to someone, something else. So here's Fiona, right? She's comparing herself in who she is to what the ideal princess should be, isn't she? And she's broken because she can't do it. She can't do it. And unless all these things out of her control line up, this is not going to happen for her. And little to, does she know at this point that she's actually killing something special because she hasn't seen the perfection and the beauty in herself yet. And that's where she's stuck. And I want to encourage you on that as well, that if you're going to compare yourself to something else, that's the fastest way to kill something special in you. And what we can do is actually realign ourselves in what our God says. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Now, the unexpected journey that you're on, the way that the world is panning out, etc., may not be what you've expected. And you might find yourself broken. You might find yourself stuck. You might find yourself thinking, I have to do this, but this isn't working, but I don't want to do this. And all these kind of things are going around and around in this unexpected world of yours. But God says, hold tightly without wavering to the hope in me because he can be trusted to keep his promise. Never works out the way we think though, right? Our God is one of a kind and he adapts and he moves and he shapes and he changes and he takes us and he carries us towards this as the world unexpectedly does what we can't control. But he can be trusted to keep his promise. And I want you to let that truth feed into your brain today just as much as myself because our world screams pretty loudly the opposite a lot of times but God can be trusted to keep his promise and he is working behind the scenes and he's working in our lives and he's working in our world to keep his promise and if we can hold unwavering to that then this unexpected journey is a little bit easier 
And what happens then? Then we can see ourselves and take on love's true form, just like Fiona. Let's have a look. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That almost makes me choke up. I love it. I always cry in Disney movies. Who's a cry in Disney movies? Where's the blokes that cry in Disney movies? Good on you, Rosie. Aaron. Aaron cries at everything. We all know that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the love's true form. So here she is. She's like, oh. Now I see that my true love, it looks different. And she accepts that, right? I love you. I love you too. Big kiss. We always wait for that in Disney movies. But then something a little bit different happens. What does she expect to happen? She's going to be the beautiful princess, right? And they're going to ride off and etc. But it doesn't look exactly how she expected. But what happens? I thought I'd be beautiful. But you are. You know that saying? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, I want to ask, whose eye holds your beauty? Where are you looking to get that reassurance that you are beautiful or handsome or brave, boys? <laughs> or manly, masculine, yeah. Where are you looking for that? Because we've got many places that we can look. But if we align ourselves with God, even though we look a little bit, you know, ogre-like, he turns around and says, but you are beautiful when you look at yourself the way that I do, when you come along on the journey with me. What you magnify will decide what you see. So wherever you put your focus, if it's in the perfection of the world, if it's the demands of all the platforms that tell us how we should think, if it's the world's unexpected journey it takes us on, that's going to take you in a certain pathway. But if we align ourselves with actually turning to God and saying, what do you say about me? What is it? I'm perfect, but then you're still making me holy. And that contradiction that I'm actually not necessarily behaving perfect, but I am, that's actually okay. Our God's okay with that, right? We were still sinning when He died for us, right? He wasn't waiting for us to get all our behaviours and mindset in line. He was that because of who we are. And then He takes us on the journey if we will choose to go with Him. Start to be okay with your weakness but also see your beauty and realise that we are whole in God. We are actually already whole and then He's making us holy as well. That beautiful contradiction, that is perfection in the eyes of God. Very different to the way we're told we should be, but that is perfection in the eyes of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says this, Let us go right in to the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Go right in with confidence into His presence, not hiding parts of ourselves from Him, not telling us how we should be, not making sure we pray first, read our Bible first, do all the things first and then come into His presence. No, no, no. Go right in with confidence, sincere hearts, fully trusting Him that He's going to accept you He's going to accept you with open arms. He's going to take you on a journey of happily ever after that is totally unexpected to what you think it's going to look like. But that is the journey that He will take you on if we align ourselves with God. 
align your thoughts and behaviours and mindsets with God and you will discover your perfection in Him. You will discover how He made you individual and beautiful, different to everyone else. See, because what I've really started to realise the more that I've gone on this journey with God is, you know, you know, the fundamentals. Well, we've got to pray and we've got to read our Bible and we've got to go to church and we've got to, you know, not do these bad things and be nice to people because that's what good Christians do. That's not necessarily wrong. But God's so much deeper than that. His relationship with each one of us is individual. And it's a journey that you need to choose to go on. So like, it's like, you know, it's like a romantic relationship or, or a macho mateship um, where, you know, you stand next to each other and you're there no matter what. And you spend so much time together that you get each other and you have little in-jokes, you know, and you, and you kind of don't have to say anything to understand each other. Just like when you build a strong relationship with a person, God's like that with us too. He wants to have an individual relationship with every one of us. Maybe there's certain places and things that you do and you go that you feel close to God. That doesn't mean that you've unlocked a spiritual discipline that everyone should do. You've probably unlocked something about you and God together. Something with your heart and His together that's just yours. Maybe it's something that you'll never tell anybody else. Maybe it will just be this secret getaway or place that you go and things that you feel and God talks about. It's just you and Him. Because His relationship with us is so much deeper, so much more than just the fundamentals. And He wants us to go and take this journey with Him. And although I'm still totally learning it myself, I mean, I'm listening to this as much as you are, I have noticed that when I've actually started to try and get to know God and trust Him more as an individual relationship, man, that's when I've gone to new heights with Him. You know, read your Bible, pray, of course, but then spend time with Him just yourself and find that true love's form of the perfection that you are and the journey and the relationship that God has for you. This is the good trajectory that we take ourselves on, that we take this ride with our Saviour and that's how we be made perfect. That, people, is perfection. That's perfection. We're already there and yet we can go on this individual journey with our God. How amazing is He, hey? It's beautiful. Let's pray.